Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Dan Reed, the 14-year-old nephew of the Lone Ranger, and the Indian named Tonto had camped near the town of Parmalee. Dan had remained in the camp while Tonto went out to wait by the trail for the masked man. It was late afternoon when the Indian returned. Oh, Scott, oh, fella. Oh, fella. There was a smile of approval on Tonto's face when he saw that Dan had kept busy during his absence. Well, that's good, Dan. You get good stock firewood. Oh, I didn't have much else to do, Tonto. I thought I might as well get some wood cut. Oh, what? What's the matter? You cut this wood? This not good. Oh, I didn't cut that. It's green. Yes, I thought it was. I found a place some yards from here where someone had cut down a few saplings. There were some short chunks lying around, so I thought I might as well bring them in. Oh, that's dull, bad cut. <laughs> Tonto, you're just stalling to make me ask questions. What happened when you were in Parmalee? Did you find out anything? Yeah. Well, tell me, what did you learn? When is the Lone Ranger going to join us, and why is he coming here? A Parmalee sheriff named Jim Burley. 
Jim Burley. Ah. Yes, I remember hearing the Lone Ranger speak of him. Oh, Jim Burley got plenty trouble. Crooks? Ah. Feller in town named Sterling. Him bad. Him town boss. Oh, I see. Long time back, Sterling used other name. Lone Ranger, Gnome. When'll Lone Ranger get here? Uh, him in Parmley right now. He is? Oh, golly, why didn't you say so? What's he doing there? Why didn't he come here and join us? Uh, me meet Lone Ranger on trail between here and town. Him go first to town, call on sheriff. By and by, him come here. Oh, Silver. Oh, easy, steady, big fellow. The Lone Ranger had dismounted in front of the small white cottage at the edge of town, the home of Sheriff Burley and his wife. In response to his rap, the door swung open. Yes? You're masked. Uh, Mrs. Burley, I'm one of your husband's friends. You're masked, and that's bad enough if anyone sees you here. I stopped at the sheriff's office, and it was locked. That's why I came here. I've got to see Jim Burley right away. Oh, oh my sakes. There's Gabby Garner looking this way. Hurry, step inside. Very well. Go right in. Let me watch him a minute. Oh, dear, worse all the time. Gabby's gone away on the run like he had something to tell. He probably saw the mask. Oh, where's Jim? He... He's not here. You'll have to go see Hank Gates, the deputy. No, Mrs. Burley. I must see the sheriff himself. I... I can't tell you. Mrs. Burley, I really need your confidence. I've got to convince you that I'm here to help your husband. I don't know if he's ever told you about a man who uses a silver bullet as a mark of identification. A silver bullet? Like this. Yes. Jim... Jim has a bullet like this. He's treasured it for years. I gave it to him. <laughs> You're crying. I've been almost beside myself with worry. There was no one I could talk to, no one I could trust. Well, perhaps I can help. My husband disappeared a week ago. Disappeared? Yes, he, he went out, expecting to return with evidence that would expose him. The biggest crook in town. He didn't come back. He hoped to get evidence to expose a man named Sterling. You know? Yes. The way Sterling runs this town. He just about owns everyone, heart and soul. He's all crook and a yard wide, but no one can jail him. He keeps the law on his side. Yeah, stealing and robbing, dragging people into court of law for every little thing. Bribing. Bribing. He didn't bribe Jim. Jim Burley couldn't be bribed. I know he couldn't, but everyone says he was. What do you mean? Everyone thought Jim had already gotten evidence that would jail Rod Sterling. When Jim didn't come back, people started saying that Sterling had bribed him to stay away. Is there any basis for such a charge? The day after Jim left here, someone put $1,000 into the bank in Jim's name. Oh? The next day, a man came here saying Jim had sent him for some clothes and things that he needed. I packed Jim's things, never suspecting anything was wrong. Of course not. The man was seen leaving with Jim's bag, and that started talk. When it was found that Jim's personal things had all been cleaned out of his office, it looked even more suspicious. I see. Then it came out that Rod Sterling had drawn $10,000 from his bank account on the same day that $1,000 was deposited for Jim. Everyone claims Jim took a bribe of $9,000 cash and had $1,000 left in the bank for me to use. So they think Jim Burley was bribed to stay away. Yes. Oh, my sakes. There's a crowd coming here. It's Gabby Garner's work. Thanks for what you've told me. You've got to hurry before they get here. They'll likely think you're in cahoots with Jim. 
Mrs. Burley, I am in cahoots with Jim. There he is! Come on! Hurry! 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 Get to your hole! The big home of Rod Sterling was not far from the small one of the sheriff. From his window, Sterling could see the crowd and hear the shouts and cries as the masked man rode away. He chuckled softly, then moved to a rear room of the house and opened a trap door in the floor. He went down a steep flight of stairs to the cyclone cellar. The yellow light of oil lamps revealed Jim Burley, the missing sheriff, tightly bound to a heavy chair. A lean, pale-faced man with shifty eyes was on guard. Well, dude, has the sheriff shown any sign of changing his mind? Not yet, Mr. Sterling. Sterling, you can keep me here from now till doomsday. But you won't get your hands on the evidence I got against you. I told him how everyone thinks he took a bribe and cleared out of town. That's a lie! People wouldn't turn on me like that. They would if they had cause enough. I've given them plenty of reason to suspect you turned crook. And that's not all, Sheriff. Just a few minutes ago, a masked man was seen talking to your wife. A masked man? <laughs> Boss, is that true? It's true enough. Everyone says the sheriff is thrown in with a masked outlaw. So he was talking to my wife, huh? Well, thanks for telling me. You seem pleased. <laughs> I'll knock that smile off your face. All right, stop it, dude. No more of that. Sterling... There's evidence that you and your pals are wanted in St. Louis under different names. It's evidence that will jail you for a long time. I want that evidence, Burley. It's where you can't get it. I'll get it. Or I'll make sure it's never used against me. Oh, no, you won't. Burley, I'll find that evidence. If you didn't hide it, you turned it over to your deputy. Guess again, Sterling. Keep right on guessing. Maybe I ought to tell you something of my plans. You remember that I sent a man to your house to get some of your things? Well? He got your things, including your rifle, the one with your name on it. What about it? Your rifle is going to be a murder weapon, Sheriff. But you can prevent the murder. By giving you the evidence, eh? Yes. Hank Yates is the one that's slated to die. Why, you... You're the one who's going to be charged with killing him. If I could just get free, I... Yeah, let me see what time it is. Hmm. Right now, Yates is eating supper in a restaurant. In about an hour, he'll be going home to that little place where he lives all alone. Just about an hour from now. Oh, you... And when he opens the door, it's your rifle that gets him. Listen, Sterling. Murdering Yates won't help you none. (laughs) That bothers you, Sam. I swear on my oath, he hasn't got the evidence. He can't touch you. You won't gain nothing by killing him. You can save his life, Burley, if you want to talk. Save his life by letting you crooks stay out of jail. By letting you go on robbing and cheating and swindling everyone in town. (laughs) I stay within the law. Well, you didn't in St. Louis. You better consider the life of your deputy. You can save him if you'll talk. Hank Yates took the same oath I did. And he'd do the same thing I'm doing. He'd tell you and that dude with the slicked down hair and the pointed shoes to go to blazes. Hank Yates finished his leisurely supper in the restaurant, then walked slowly to the cabin where he lived alone. As he opened the door, there was a rifle shot. (laughs) 
Four Yates never had a chance. You think he pulled through? I heard the shot. Anyone going for the dock? Oh, here he is now. Oh, yeah. let him get Come through there, boys. Get out of the way and let me through. Uh, through What's happened here? Doc, it's a good thing you're here. I happen to be nearby. Hank Yates, huh? The bullet got him in the chest, Doc. He's still breathing. What's that contraption? Well, that's what got Yates. Those two forked sticks were tied to chairs. And the rifle was set on sticks facing the door and tied in place. The string was fixed to the trigger and around a chair. So to shoot anyone who opened the door. Well, I'll have a look at it after I examine Hank. It's Jim Burley's rifle, Doc. Burley, eh? Thought he'd run away. Well, he must have snuck back to fix that. Pulse is good. Well, how about Yates? Will he pull through? Got a good chance. Do what I can here, then take him over to my place where I can give him better treatment. Sid, we're going to scour this county to find Jim Burley. You coming with us? You bet. No, hold on. You and a couple others are staying to help move Hank Yates. After that, you can do what you want. All right. Hank Yates was well-liked by everyone in town. The cold-blooded attempt to kill him stirred up resentment and inspired a manhunt such as Parmalee had never seen. Nearly every man in town was organized, and a house-to-house search was gotten underway. Word of this reached Rod Sterling, and he hurried to the cyclone cellar to discuss a change in plans with Dude. Dude, they're searching every house in town. I didn't suspect the shooting of Hank Yates would stir up so much excitement. What will you say when they find me here? You're a prisoner, huh, Sterling? You shut up. You're uh, not going to let them search your place, are you, boss? Yeah, if they're searching every other house, I can't very well refuse. Well, what are you going to do? Dude, we'll let the mob find this lawman. Call in a couple of the boys and take him to the old shed next door. And leave him there to be found? He's to be found there, but you're not to leave him. I want you and about four of our friends in that shed with Burley when a searcher comes looking for him. And let Burley tell where he's been for the past week? Of course not. Just before Burley's found, you men will slug him. Knock him out, then cut the ropes and take them off. Make believe you just got there and discovered his hiding place. Well, then what? You and the boys with you drag the sheriff out of the shed and hang him. Now, hold on, boss. The whole town takes part in a necktie party. That's one thing. But for just four or five of us to do There'll it. be no trouble about it. I'll guarantee that. The whole town will be in favor of what you do. <laughs> How does that plan sound to you, Sheriff Burley? Sterling, you're a scheming polecat. <laughs> You'll have to admit the scheme's a good one. All right, dude. You get going before one of the manhunters gets to this house. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue our story. When the Lone Ranger learned that Sheriff Burley had disappeared, he spent the remaining daylight hours inquiring at ranches near Parmalee in the hope of finding some trace of his friend. Dan Reed and Tonto waited in camp until darkness had gathered. Then they rode into town and dismounted. They noticed an unusual amount of activity in the community and soon learned that the men were conducting a house-to-house search for the sheriff, who was suspected of setting a trap for his deputy. While Tonto stood by, Dan asked for further details. Well, that's what happened, son. Sheriff Burley set a trap for his own deputy. Hank Gates blamed near got killed. Golly, Tonto, what do you make of that? Um, he not know, Dan. You can look at the scene of the crimes right across the street there. That's Hank Gates' house. As far as I know, things are just the way we left them. Tonto, let's go and look around. Ah, we take horses with us across the street. That's a good idea. Maybe we need right way fast. Doesn't seem to be anyone around the house. Well, look, Tonto, the front door's wide open. Ah. Golly, I wonder where the Lone Ranger is. I thought sure we'd find him somewhere in town. Now, we leave horses here. Think it'll be all right for us to go into the house? Well, we go take a look. Tonto, look. There's a trap. Ah. Rifle tied on pork stick. Golly. String fixed with trigger, round chair. Then, to door. Anyone who opened the door would pull the string and fire the rifle. He couldn't miss getting struck. That's right. Tano, I'm surprised that this setup is still here. I should think the law would have taken it away as evidence. There's no law on Pamela now, Dan. Deputy shot and sheriff hunted. Tano, look over there. Ah, four men got prisoner. Sterling's plot had worked out perfectly. When one of the townsmen opened the door to search the supposedly abandoned shack, he found the sheriff unconscious and surrounded by four of Sterling's men, who had explained that they found the lawman in hiding and had to knock him out to subdue him. Then they carried Burley out of the shack and through the street past Dan Reed and Tonto. It's Sheriff. Oh, golly, Tonto, that's what I was afraid of. Sheriff Burley's a friend of the Lone Ranger. He can't be guilty of setting a gun trap for his deputy. That's right. Those men will hang him. Isn't there something we can do? Oh, me not know. Tonto, did you hear that? Ah, me hear it. And look at Scout and Victor. They know Silver's nearby. There he comes, Tonto. Look, there he comes from the end of the street. He knows they have the sheriff. Him going, four men. He's going to stop them. Dan, you go back to camp. Wait there. But Tonto, what are you going to do? Me go help Lone Ranger. You go. Get him up. The four men who carried the unconscious sheriff toward the hangman's tree turned at the ringing cry of the masked man. They saw the great white stallion charging hard. Then he was among them, a leaping, whirling demon of fighting fury in white fur. One of the men drew a gun, but the lone ranger swung a hard fist and the man went down. Then Tonto, riding scout, dashed in from another direction. Already off balance and taken by surprise, Hugh and Silk and the others who had planned to hang the sheriff turned to meet the new attack. They had dropped Sheriff Burley. The Lone Ranger bent down from the saddle and grabbed the sheriff by the belt. With almost superhuman strength, he swung him from the ground. I have him, Tonto. You go. Tonto rode behind the Lone Ranger and the sheriff. He gave Scout his head and turned in the saddle. He fired several warning shots that hit the ground close to men who sought to bring their guns to bear. And then the range became too great for shooting. No one follow. We in clear. Get him up, Scout.
In camp, while Tuttle bathed the wounds and bruises the lawman had sustained, the Lone Ranger told what he had learned in Parmalee and at the ranches surrounding the community. And you see, because of those well-made plans, everyone thought the sheriff took a bribe to disappear and then came back to set a trap for his deputy. But golly, didn't anyone stop to wonder why the sheriff would set a trap for his own deputy? Those men didn't stop to reason, Dan. They had, they would realize that Sheriff Burley wouldn't set a trap and use his own rifle with his own name on it. Did you see that trap? No, I was out of town when Yates got hit. Anyone with half an eye could tell that Sheriff Burley hadn't fixed that trap. How's that? Well, the sheriff's been in this country for a long time. He knows how to use an axe and a knife. The wood that was used to hold the rifle was fixed by a tenderfoot. It was? Oh, sure. And it must have been cut with a mighty dull axe. The wood looked almost as if it had been chewed. It was just like the saplings I found today. Saplings? Oh, yes, sir. There's a place right near here, just a few yards away, where some tenderfoot was... Golly! I'll bet that's where the forked sticks came from. It's the same kind of wood. Then... You mean to say that the wood for the rifle trap came from nearby? Well, right over there. Bring a torch from the fire and show me that place. This ground holds footprints. I've walked around here quite a bit. Maybe I've spoiled any footprints there were. Oh, wait. Don't move. Huh? Right there, Dan. There's a footprint you didn't make. Sure enough. Small shoes with low, wide heels and pointed toes. The shoes of an Easterner. Me know who wears shoes like that. Toto, what about the sheriff? Won't him begin to stir. He get conscious plenty soon. Good. You said you knew a man who wore shoes with pointed toes. Ah. Him feller named Dude. Him friend of Sterling. That checks. What are you going to do? I'm going to look for the man named Dude. Toto, while I'm gone, you do what you can for the sheriff. Easy, steady, big fella. One, two, three. Rod Sterling was in his home with two of his henchmen, Dude and Silk. They were discussing the rescue of the sheriff by a mysterious masked man and finally agreed that there was little cause for concern. I think you're right, Mr. Sterling. As long as those two stay away from town, we needn't worry. And if they come back... They'll be shot. I'm going to take a look out front and see what's going on in the street, if anything. Seems to me there should be men out hunting for the sheriff and the masked man. What's the matter with you, Silk? You don't look happy. I'm not. I'd feel better if we'd gotten our hands on the evidence Burley was holding against us. Things haven't gone too well. A deputy named Yates is going to recover. I'm not worried about Yates. Well, I figured I'd have the job of sheriff after you got control, Mr. Sterling. Leave that to me. Reckon I'll go out in front and join Dude. Hey, that's Dude. Come on, let's see what's happening. There he is. That man's got him. Help, help me. Hey, it's a masked man. He's got Dude. Help, help. your gun? Get a gun. You're going with me, dude. Come on, Sterling. Come back here. Come back. I'll have the law on you. I'll see if you're strung up. Come back. Back, Sterling stood at the door shouting meaningless threats. By the time Silk had returned with a gun, the Lone Ranger and his prisoner were well underway. Where is he? Where is he? Down there, down the street. Uh, Stop shooting, you fool. You can't hit him at this distance. We've got to go for help. We'll round up all the men we can find. Men 
Seven, the cafes on both sides of the street rushed out as Sterling and Silk sounded the alarm. It's a masked man. He's captured Dode. He's in cahoots with the crooked sheriff. He's the one who took the sheriff away from us. Get your horse. We'll go after him. Come on, boys. In an instant, half a dozen men were in the saddle, racing toward the end of town in the direction taken by the Lone Ranger on his great horse, Silver. The masked man traveled at an easy gait, so he would not be out of sight of his pursuers when they reached the open country. There he is! There he goes! That's the man! The Lone Ranger kept within sight of the townsmen across the open country to the woods. Then he increased his speed to reach the camp in time to make hurried plans in which Dude figured prominently. The pursuers soon came within view of the campfire. There's a fire, boys. Get your guns out and close in. We'll take you, Burley. Hold it a minute, boys. You don't see the masked man or his pals, but they're right nearby. And the first man to take a shot at me will regret it. Burley, we're going Boys, don't listen to him. He and the masked man are in cahoots. They're going to trick you. You shut up, dude. I'll talk. You'll talk hanging from a tree. I don't believe what you said. I'm taking you, Burley. Oh! Oh! Hey, you see what I mean, Pete? That puts your gun out of commission. Now, listen to me. That polecat on the ground cut the forked sticks that were used to make the gun trap for Hank Yates. No, no, no. I didn't do it. I'll prove you did. Right there is where you cut the sticks. Your footprints are on the ground as plain as day. No man in town wears boots narrow enough to match those prints. That's right. If you didn't cut those sticks, why are your prints there? I, I, I cut them. You've got me on that. I cut the sticks. But I didn't fix that trap. And who did? Sterling himself did that. Yes, he did it himself. You can't blame that part on me. Well, boys, I reckon this polecat will talk his head off and tell all he knows to save his neck. Why'd Sterling do it? He wanted to make the sheriff talk. And tell where the affidavits were hid. So he threatened to kill Yates. Then he figured he'd better really get Yates and frame the sheriff for the murder. Uh, he didn't get him from me, Jim. No. He didn't bribe you? Bribe me? Not by a jugful. He captured me. Held me prisoner. Uh, you tell him, dude. Yeah. It's true. Boys, we've been wrong about this. Go ahead, dude. Talk some more. All right. All right, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell everything. Sterling and Silk. We were all wanted under different names in St. Louis. Well, when Sterling learned that the sheriff had proof of our real identities, well, he he had to get that proof. He had the sheriff captured, and he held him prisoner for a week. Yep. You see, boys, I've been right in Sterling's cellar. Yeah, but what about the evidence? It's right here in my pocket. What? Well, how long's it been there? Uh, just a few minutes. You see, I... I couldn't have told Sterling where the evidence was because I didn't know. All I knew was it was to be delivered to me by a masked man. That's no good masked man. Oh, no, no, dude. That's no way to speak of the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle and directed by Fred Flowerday. Tonight's story was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. (laughs) 